I hope you enjoyed the first part of the show. Now for the second half with Dr. Bryant Speaks. So I want to just let the audience know, uh, some of you probably say Bramman University. Why does that sound familiar? Uh, some people know Bramman as Chapman. And years ago, it was actually a military training school. So any of those uh, veterans out there, probably over 60, probably had some of the training. And uh, so Dr. Dr. Hey, uh, Hacker and myself, we both are a little biased. So, you know, as professors <laughs> there, we kind of both uh, taught at the school. And kudos to Bremen for their support because it does have a very strong support mechanism for military. In fact, you know, I remember one of my classes, I mean, I had 100% of all vets in my class. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's very common to have that. So they have a very strong support mechanism. So to hear that, to hear that you went to that school, you got your doctor. I remember when you did, I was super proud of you when I saw you on Facebook, you did it and then you achieved it. And then you came back and paid it forward, which is yes. even better. So uh, you got your doctorate. In fact, you started Dog Tag Diva before you got your doctorate, if I'm mm -hmm. correct, right? I did. And you were actually going through your doctorate program when you started this. So you already, in your mind, was doing something to give back while you were helping yourself and achieving something your personal goal. So I want to say congratulations to you for doing that. Um, so what year approximately was Dog Tag Diva? And give us a little bit more about the background, the mission, and the purpose. Um, that was probably about 2014-ish. Um, okay. So my goal was um, always to, actually, it started as a clothing line because I kept getting That's those right. trucker hats that I would never right. wear yeah. <laughs> and I'd give them my husband or my dad, um, which all stemmed from going to Applebee's on a Veterans Day and a guy finding out my husband was a veteran and bought him a beer. And then my husband, kudos to him, was like, my wife served too. I didn't get a beer. Oh, and I was interesting. Just, and, and, and that happened a lot, that look. And yeah. so then that's when I was like, all this kind of clashed at once. And I was like, I should create a clothing line. But then I realized it was deeper than that. Yeah. Um, so the initial thought was I had this big dream and it was almost too big. So anybody who is transitioning what I want to kind of my messaging to be, it's, I'm a dreamer, dream big, don't ever stop that. But I also needed to balance that against reality. And because I started too big, I became quickly overwhelmed and things started falling behind and I couldn't really do what I wanted to do, which was help female veterans transition out of the military. Right, right. Um, understood. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it's, let, still, you, it's still there. Yeah, well, you're, you know, you have on multiple hats. You're a wife, you're a mother, you're, a, you know, you're a professor, and you're trying to run this program. Now, initially, you said you started it and created it as a 501c3, which for those who don't know, is a nonprofit, um, and it has nonprofit status. And when you have a nonprofit, you have certain requirements you have to adhere to. The state of California will recognize it, or whatever state you may be in. Um, and there's things that you have to follow to enter actually submit and that takes work and in some cases you, and that's right i was just about to say and in some cases you got to recruit people who's going to be a part of your board that helps support the vision and the minutes and everything else that goes a part of that so with having all of that 
what is happening now? What's the transition to where you are presently? So those who are listening and the women, especially who are like, wow, this is exciting. I want to be able to be a part of dog tag. I want to wear a t-shirt or a trucker's hat. So that way somebody will buy me a beer. What is it? Where, we, where are we at right now? <laughs> um, I had to ch change courses. Um, what I found was that 501c3, I thought it was going to give me a leg up and it didn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, it almost made people more skeptical of me, mm -hmm. which I was like, that I didn't expect that. Um, also, trying to put together a board was difficult. And I don't fault others. I fault myself because as a leader, I don't think I had a clarity in my vision quite yet. So it's hard to communicate what you're expecting right. um, when you don't have clarity. So that means people can't follow you. Um, so after I said, okay, I've got to go back to the drawing board. Um, what do I feel comfortable with? And here we are with COVID, so that really gave me a lot of time to think. <laughs> so what I've realized- Hey, is, things happen for a reason. Who knew it only took the world right. <laughs> shutting down for me to figure it out? <laughs> so what I figured out is I'm pivoting, like many other organizations. And I have really come to realize um, some of my ego was involved in this, mm -hmm. and it's not about me. Um, I don't feel comfortable charging female veterans for my services because they are a population near and dear to my heart. I just don't feel right about it. I don't want to be one of those organizations that's living off the backs of others. So what I'm doing now is I'm still dog tag divas. I create coaching and leadership programs. I'm writing programs right now and I'm selling them to civilian organizations, but I'm selling it as I need your help. You know, uh, absolutely hire me and I'm going to, you're going to get a return on investment, but your investment will go to help female veterans make that transition. And by the way, if I can bridge the gap, the leadership skills that these amazing women come with, if I can help get them into your organization, um, you won't have to invest in their coaching. They already come ready to roll. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, okay. so um, it's it's coming together now, and I know I'm on the right path because it's not a fight. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually just seamlessly coming together. So, and I don't feel guilty about saying, okay, I'm charging money, but I feel like I'm charging the right people money because these right. people want the right people in their organizations. And I teach leadership. Um, that's my other passion. So I'm going into organizations teaching specifically emerging leaders. Um, and there's also some organizations who know like we need to do better with our women in the organization and helping them rise to the top. So they're actually having me come in and coach their female uh, leaders, emerging leaders, um, which is a lot of where our female veterans, we're used to working in male dominated fields. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to draw some of that out and create support systems amongst these two groups. So that you know these female veterans can shine and help mentor and help push but there's things as female veterans we don't know about civilian and corporate world right. so let's play off of each other right that's amazing you know i i get what you said when the 501c3 you go to people and you need donations and you tell them it's a write-off and then you know there's a little bit of a stigma out there on 501c3s and nonprofits because there are people out there who burned the roads and kind of gave a bad impression and it's like well what are you doing with the money are you really donating are you really contributing and then also you have board members do they have the same time and passion as you as the founder 
and you have a turnover there and then it can make the organization look a little flaky. So now shifting, you now going to the beat the corporate companies the same ones, except this time you're providing a product. And I like that yes. because now yes. you're saying, hey, we got veterans who are already used to being leaders. We got veterans who are already used to, you know, paving the way. We're just now helping them transition to how they can go from military to actually Fortune 500. And as a Fortune 500, we're going to help them perform based on your teaching. Is that kind of where we're looking yeah. at? Yeah. And these women, they're going to be powerful. Yeah, I love it. Um, and love it takes it. the mentoring and networking. That's what that's what I'm learning as a veteran. You know, I honestly thought like I was just going to get out and people were going to be throwing jobs at me because <laughs> I have the status. Right, right, <laughs> and right. And it was a little bit of a wake up call. Like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. You no. know, um, I'm, I learned that. I also learned how to network. I didn't know what that meant. You know right how to do that that's a huge part of this right now i'm, I'm realizing mm -hmm. in the job market a lot of mm -hmm. it's who you know and unfortunately i think sometimes we get out thinking it's about my resume it's about my hard work um and people right now are saying yes that's important but like who do you know i need somebody to vouch for you because we mm -hmm. we're lean right now and we cannot handle a misstep right absolutely so i you provide that veteran the opportunity to craft their skills. However, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about a little bit on the mental health part because you talked about that when you transitioned out. So you have a veteran and although we're providing them the, the tools to become this Fortune 500 leader, but yet there's the silent side of their mental health, you know, and can they be able to balance that. How are you gonna, how do you work that in there? You know, as either a mentor or what, how do you, cause you know, again, you said, I'm gonna you know, leadership, the training, but then there's that other mental health side. Talk a little bit about that. Well, number one, when it comes to your mental health, you have to be honest with mm -hmm. yourself. That's number one. Um, I was not because it wasn't something anybody had ever told me until I was on my way out the door. And it was like, what? When you are in your community, um, maybe everybody around me probably had the same diagnosis, but we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I, it took me, I, I, it, it took me 20 years. So I'm surprised <laughs> you got it when you got out. Nobody told me. I was walking around, didn't even know it. So, it, hey. It, so... <laughs> Then when I did find out, it was like, whatever. Right. Um, because of, honestly, the vision of when we hear that, what that sparks for us, I didn't look like what that diagnosis right. meant. That's you know? right. So I was just like, whatever. Um, honest, you know, I, you, I'm a parent. I love my kids. But you know how kids, they push those buttons sometimes. And you're <laughs> like, I told you to get your shoes. <laughs> And one day we were getting ready for school and it was like 15 right. time. Where are your shoes? And I just erupted and I can still see both of my children recoiled and the right. look on their faces. And I thought something's not right. Right. I don't ever want my children to look at me like that again. You know, I, I have to applaud you because you at least had some internal perspective. I didn't have that. And I don't know if it's just because I was a dad and maybe that whole discipline side or that's being the strong one. So maybe I ignored it, but at least you were able to see that. I want people who are listening 
to take advantage of this opportunity and hear what Dr. Hacker is saying because some of us probably don't even realize what we're doing to our children. I actually uh, just published my book. I don't know if you saw that with my book, Permission to Help. And in my book, I actually talk about that. In fact, in one of my podcasts, I talked about uh, being a parent. And I actually discussed how we have to actually pay attention to what our actions are. And if we are not noticing it, let's slow down or listen to your spouse because your spouses will sometimes help you see that. And my ex-wife, at the time my wife, I wasn't listening. I always thought, well, you're just being submissive or you're letting them get away with it. And I'm the disciplinarian. So I have to be the one that has to do it. But that wasn't it. She was trying to tell me. I didn't even pay attention. So again, I want to applaud you for at least finding and catching that in yourself. Well, it's hard for us. We're warriors. It's not right. what we do. And, right. and, and even if it hadn't been for them, I probably still would be walking around with that mentality and just like, whatever. But right. that look on their faces, that stopped me cold in my tracks. If, you know, for your kids, you'll, you'll do anything. Right, um, absolutely. So for them, I decided to make an appointment and, uh, and then I still didn't do a good job because I'm a warrior. I went in there and, and, I, and I wasn't honest. I, I gave you a little bit, but I wasn't vulnerable. That is a hard piece. Vulnerability is yeah. hard. I don't care who you are. We don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I did that for years. If I had probably gone in there and just kind of said, you know what? It is what it is. Just I have to be honest and get some of this noise out. I probably would be a lot further along, but I didn't do that. Um, and then on top of that, you know, my the VA here has gone through a few doctors. Exactly. I was going so, to talk about the turnovers. Yeah, yeah. so I got turnover. And then, um, I, for lack of putting it any other way, I'm just, you know, being transparent. Like, I'm one of those people when, when I'm high and, like, I get all the noise out, I ride the roller coaster and I'm like, I'm good. Right. I don't need to go back. And then slowly but surely the baggage starts coming back yep. and I don't make appointments. And then before I know it, I'm back to zero and I got to hey. start all over again. So Easy. between the turnover and just me being hardheaded, yeah. um, I finally have learned now almost 10 years, like I got to stay on top of those appointments. Right. I have to, I cannot um, chew um, COVID. Um, I've been running every morning I get up and run. Yep. Um, that started out of um, the Ahmad Aubrey case. That's right. And I've been uh, watching you. I've been tracking yes. you. You've been out Ooh. there every day. I've been impressed. today. I've been, <laughs> I, I have been impressed by that, by the way. But I noticed, like, I am running for him. Right. Um, the reason I'm running for him is that happened down the street. The house that we moved into when we moved okay. out of the RV, that happened yeah. down the street. Ah, so um, that could have just as easily been your husband or maybe And we still you. have Air Force friends that live there with their children who are now adults, one of which she is the 911 operator on the call. That's wow. my daughter's god sister. Wow. She went to high school with him. So it was really personal, that one. Yeah. Uh, so I started running for that reason because I had all this energy I needed to get out around it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I noticed um, a calm and a peace in me because okay. I can focus, I can think. Um, so that's kind of kept me a little more balanced. Even um, there was a little turnover again since COVID with my um, newest therapist. Mm -hmm. But um, I could tell a difference in me. My family could tell a difference in me. Everybody's uh, happier. 
um, I find okay. myself calmer and I'm able to say, okay, mommy needs a timeout right now, okay? Don't follow me, <laughs> just let me go <laughs> to my room. <laughs> um, so I, the mental health and, and for the female veterans, anybody listening, um, please make sure you're taking care of yourself. There is no shame in it. I promise you're going to be a better you on the other side of it. Uh, and two, once you get all the noise out, who knows what amazing ideas and things you can focus on uh, because you are a leader. And right now our society needs leaders. We need good leaders. And whatever sphere you can influence, we need you. Wow. You know what? I was going to make a comment, but I'm definitely not going to talk after that. That is absolutely <laughs> probably one of the best endings of my show. I want to thank Dr. Hacker for your time. Felicia, you're amazing. I still monitor the things that you do online. Um, I know I'm not, I don't live as close as I used to to you, but if I could, I would definitely continue to maintain this relationship in person, yes. but I'm glad I got you virtually. So um, for those who are listening, I hope that the message you uh, sits with you. Uh, the things that Dr. Hafter just mentioned is very similar to probably yourself, because I know almost literally everything she said is pretty much the same thing I've gone through. So if you got two educated doctors that are talking about this, clearly you can see that you're no different. So it's okay. Do not give up. I want everybody to understand, all the listeners out there, you are not alone. And on that note, I want to thank again, Dr. Felicia Hacker, everybody who's listening to drbryantspeaks.com. Be blessed and know that I'm speaking to you. But more importantly, someone is always listening. And that someone is not just me. On that note, again, thank you, Dr. Hector. Appreciate you joining. All right. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please visit Dr. Bryant's website, drbryantspeaks.com. Also, visit his social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, all titled drbryantspeaks.com. 